called the promise. Anybody ever heard of the promise before? Amen. And the Lord impressed me to bring it back to the sanctuary. Amen. Because there's still a great need for hosting God's presence in our world. We're hosting a lot of things in our world, and Jesus is the best thing to host, amen, in our world. And so guests, it's so good to have you. Thank you for being here today, but I want to just call your attention quickly before I get into, amen, um, telling you what it, the Lord's put in my spirit, is that if you would, do you recognize the presence of God in this room right now? And it's not about the building. It's about a group of people that have come together, and they agree, and they've unified on a con a, 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 a consistent focus, a vision, a purpose. Amen. We all in our life know that we need God. And so thank you for being here today, but I would encourage you to, to really just take time to feel after the presence of God, to, to ask him to show you how to host him more. Amen. Because while I'm giving away what the Lord's given me, just like he did in the scripture, the Spirit of God wants to fall on you in a new level. Everybody in this room, there's another level of God that you haven't experienced yet, by the way. And when you experience that, there's another level of God you haven't experienced yet. This is an eternal walk in the Spirit. God is revealing himself, amen, and he's doing it in layers. And, and we're changed into his image from glory to glory, every revelation, every impartation, as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so the topic today is our value of God and others. Amen. Does anybody enjoy having healthy relationships? Amen. And most of you here today are hoping that you can have a healthy relationship with your spouse, with your children, with the employees that you work with on the job. And you're praying, God, would you help these relationships get healthier and healthier? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And in order for that to happen, I would like to convey to you, it can only happen when God is top tier in our thinking, in our pursuit. He has to be first. He must be. He can't change his word. He can't change his purpose. His will has already been established. God must be in charge in our lives. And he will not do that without our invitation to let him come into our hearts and be king of his kingdom within so that through us he can finish what he started and his mission can be fulfilled. He has uh, limited himself to fulfilling his mission based on our willingness to host him. That's why the promise of the Father is so important to everyone in this world. This is not a message for just a select few. This is to all flesh, all humanity. Amen? And so for me to enjoy healthy relationships... If this relationship between me and heaven, amen, in Christ is not where it belongs, I can't reach, amen, a place of health in relationships in this world. Amen. And God's not doing that to anybody, is he? Isn't it good to know that God's not asking anyone to be good for goodness sake? 
Isn't that awesome? Amen. He, 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 when he charges the lady that was caught in the act of adultery, and, and he tells her to go and sin no more, he's not asking her to go and be good. Now, that's, to some of you, you're going to like, oh, my goodness, really? You know I mean, God wasn't asking her to be, be a good girl from now on? No. If you go really look at the context of the Scripture and catch the spirit of the writer, you will find out that God's asking her to make a choice, to choose to connect. If you follow her tracks as much as history we have, you'll find out that she gets real close to him. She makes a choice. I can't make it without him in my life. I'm going to make the choice God first in my life. And when you follow her steps, she's real close to him moving forward. And he keeps working with her, loving on her, and she keeps getting closer to him and closer to him. Till, amen. From what we understand that she's probably the Mary that was at the gravesite waiting on him or going to, 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 uh, to the grave just to check on it. And he calls her by name. The first one that gets to see him. Amen. Even before he's glorified. Amen. That's pretty awesome, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. And God wants you to know he's not asking you to be good. He's asking you to make a choice between life or death. You choose. And the moment you choose life or death, amen, it's at that moment that you can either start winning or you'll continue to lose. Amen. So, during the next few moments, as I speak to you as the Spirit of God has prompted me, I would encourage you, and guest, I invite you to do that with us today. Let the presence of God come, because while Peter was just speaking the words, the Holy Spirit fell on them, and he's given them good news. Everybody wants good news. Amen. We hear enough bad news in our world. While he's giving them the good news, the message of hope, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit falls on them, and they're all filled. Not some, all are filled with the Spirit of God. God wants to fill us today because he chose you to be his house. Not this building. He chose you to be his temple. He chose you to be his garden. He chose you to be the apple of his eye. You're the center of all the universe. You are his passion. And he chose that his abode and where he lives would be in his house, in your heart. But you don't understand, Pastor. I'm not a good person. Yeah, who told you that? Who told you you were naked? Who told you that you are messed up and that you were anything less than my treasure. Who told you that? And a lot of us here today have stories, horror stories of how we've experienced shame, guilt, frustration, anxiety, <sighs> anger, lust, pride, etc. And all of that that we've experienced only exist in our spirit because we're hosting a lie that supports it being there. 
The moment we decide to choose life and we choose to say, yes, Lord, here I am. <laughs> yeah, we're messed up as far as our way we see ourselves, but he don't see us in a dirty diaper. He don't see us in a pig's pen. He sees us as his treasures, his sons, his daughters, his children. He purchased us when we were slaves. And the slave garments that the enemy convinces you to keep wearing, the Lord's saying, I've got something better. I'm ready to robe you in righteousness, which means my identity. He gives us identity. He gives us hope. But the important thing is for you to choose him, he wants to empower you to do that. He's not asking you to go search it out. Even though that if you're wise, you will search him out and you will open your heart and seek after him. You're not going to find him because you're intelligent. You'll never find him because your IQ finally reaches a place where, hey man, I, I think I got God figured out. No, you'll never arrive there. He finds you. He finds me. And he meets us when we give him our hearts. And we choose to let him come into our challenges, our circumstances, our pains, and make a difference. Amen? Amen. So today, I encourage you to make a choice on whom you're going to serve. Are you going to choose life? Or are you going to choose death? Amen. That choice is before us every day. And temptation to choose death, like I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's like, man, you got to be weird to choose death. But we've all done it more than we want to talk about. Amen. And, and, and New Life Fellowship to the guests, when you choose death, it's because you're trying to be intelligent. You search out. You gain more information and more information and more. And the, the more information you get, the more you doubt and fear and have unbelief towards God in your life. Amen. Getting more information does not make God greater in your life. But the moment you choose to say, Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, help me. Here I am, Lord, feel me. Change me. Get me to a place where I am trusting you. Fill me up with your spirit until all I can do is love you by loving others regardless of their condition, regardless of what people say about them, if you're in love with them, Jesus, you can fill me up to the point where I love them just like you love them. Regardless of how the world has judged them and condemned them and maybe even threw them in prison. Ah, the passion that you have for them, Lord, if you, amen, and I choose you, Lord, take over, fill me up until I love the way you love, until I live life the way you designed me to live life. God, I know you've limited yourself to my availability. Here I am, Lord. Ah, use me. Amen? And so choose who you will listen to, ladies and gentlemen. Will you listen to the voice of God, or will you listen to the voice of the deceiver? Amen. The evidence that I'm listening to the deceiver, and I can go to church and do that. I can say, preach it, preacher. I can call myself a believer.
But if there's anger, lust, anxiety, frustration, guilt, shame, pride, if there's any of that in my spirit, I'm listening to the deceiver. Amen. And if the truth was known today, many of us here today are battling some of these things that does not equal the kingdom of God, of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, don't feel bad about that. The thing about this today is he's an ever-present help in time of need. If there's anger, I need you, Jesus. If there's frustration, I need you, Jesus. If there's sickness, if there's shame, I need you, Jesus. And he will meet us where we make our choice, him, as being our source. And he will come with an experience that empowers us to maintain the yes, Lord, in our spirit. Even when I don't understand it. Amen. Faith comes by hearing the voice of God. Not Dwayne Lowe. Need to pause for a minute. We've got to catch that. Because if y'all came here today to hear God because the preacher's preaching, no, I've, I'm going to confirm what God's already been trying to tell you this past week. I already know. God let me know. I, I'm his mouthpiece based on what he's already been saying to you. He's been reaching for. He's been pulling on. He's been right in the middle of the hell that you made yourself to walk in. He's been right there in that too because he's after you and he's speaking. He's not screaming at nobody. The devil's the only one screaming at anybody. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the the word, which is the living voice of God. And Adam walks with the voice of God. We've been redeemed back to our true identity, our place of dominion, authority, and power. And the way we can know that is when we receive the promise. Ah, the breath of God. Now I can have dominion again. Yes, Lord, becomes easy at that point. Jesus has a discussion with a very logical, young, rich ruler. And in his discussion with this young, rich ruler, the disciples became highly concerned. And they questioned Jesus after he had gotten through talking with this rich, young ruler. And they said, in Matthew 19, 25, I want to read some scripture today so that you're not, you know, well, Pastor Lowe said that. No, it was written down. Their concern after the conversation between Jesus and this rich young ruler caused them to say, who then can be saved? Because Jesus made some statements that nobody can be saved. And that wasn't what Jesus was saying at all. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, that's all humanity, this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Salvation it's possible with God. Apart from God, you're not going to save yourself. Amen? So could it be, could it be said, without God we can do nothing? Could it be said that way? Well, that sounds like that's probably a true statement. He didn't say it just like that, but the implications are strong 
that with God all things are possible? Yes. And so there is nothing that we can do to save ourselves apart from God's promise. Amen. And when we receive the promise, we become this powerful witness. Then it could also be said that without the promise, we can do nothing. With the promise, all things are possible. Would that be true? Oh, well, we'll find out what the Lord says about that. So let me ask you a question here today. What do, does it mean to you to receive the promise? What does it mean to you to be filled with the Spirit? Do you believe that when you receive the promise, you receive it because you say the sinner's prayer? Maybe, maybe you believe that you receive the promise when you shake the preacher's hand. You know, there's people that actually believe if they come and shake my hand that they would be saved. And they sincerely believe that because that's what they've been taught. That's what they were handed down. What does it mean to you to receive the promise? To take a discipleship class? Is that what receiving the promise means to you? To go through growth track at New Life Fellowship, is that how you receive the promise? To follow the Roman road gospel, is that how you receive the promise? Maybe you believe that receiving the promise is that you join grandma's religious denomination. And that's how you can assure yourself, amen, to receive the promise. Maybe you think today to receive the promise is to become a member of New Life Fellowship. And I have received the promise. Many believe that they receive the promise the moment they start trying to be good. The moment they make a decision, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good for daddy and earn my way into his good graces. Many believe that. Maybe you think seeking tongues is how you receive the promise. And there's many that believe that. But let me assure you today, the only way you can receive the promise is to seek God. And when you open up your spirit and make yourself available to God, he will come to his house suddenly like a rushing mighty wind. And he will fill his house, amen, with his presence. And there will be some kind of sensations that will begin to happen, and you'll catch on fire. All of a sudden, a different passion has done starting to eat you up inside. And that most unruly member in your body called your tongue will come under his subjection. Yeah. It's amazing some of the signs that God has chose, amen, to verify his presence in one's life. And he likes to make sure that most unruly member that's been saying all kinds of things that's not what he's been saying, that's been speaking all kinds of lies through logic, and lots of information, he likes to get that most unruly member in submission to him to speak his language, to learn the language he intended for his children to speak. Anybody ever learned a new language before? Amen. 
And, and many people will go and get second, third, and fourth languages. The Lord's saying, I want you to learn another language so that I can have access to my house. And this language that we learn is an undefiled language. You can't lie in it. You can't cheat in it. You can't deceive in it. You can't beat up anybody with it. <sighs> it becomes the platform by which the king of kings is now revealing his manifested sons in the earth. Our value of God and others. I've got a few more minutes to talk to you about this today, and I'm looking forward to reading a few things to you right now. Uh, Jesus says in John 14 and 16, I want you to, 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 to keep this in mind. God is with all of us. And every, God's with everybody in this room. God's with everybody in this world. Do you believe that? God is with everybody. I don't know about that, Pastor, but he is. He's with you. Wherever you, wherever you are at, he's after you. He's the one chasing us. We're not chasing him. The question that we all need answers to is, is he in us? It's one thing for God to be with us. It's a completely different thing for God to be in us. Amen. And everybody that allows God to get in them, the evidence is obvious. In John 14, 16, Jesus says it this way about God being in us. And I will ask the Father. He's, before he's glorified, he hadn't gone to the cross yet. He's on his way. He's letting them know this is his plan. I'm going to ask the Father. He will give you another advocate. John 14, 16 who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. This is where our world is at today. But you know him because he lives with you. Uh-oh, now we're getting a revelation here. Oh, he's letting them know I've been with you all the time. Now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with them, and he lets them know, I'm setting you up to be in the very same place I'm in. I'm the example. I'm with you right now, but I shall be in you. I know I quoted King James stuff just then. But there's so much truth to it that when you catch it and you begin to realize it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That you begin to understand that in his name that you were baptized in, you have authority and dominion and power. It's not you that's doing the work, but it's the one in you. I hadn't met anybody that doesn't want to be a part of what Jesus is doing. Bottom line, I have met lots of people that don't want to be associated with people that say they believe in Jesus, though. This is very important. Our world is not attracted to Christianity because Christianity has mishandled who Jesus is. 
The world wants Jesus, though. And the only way they're going to get Jesus is when you and I decide we're going to quit playing patty cake and going to church. We're going to be the church. And we, and we, we stop the patty cake game because we decide today I'm going to choose him. I am going to make a conscious decision, Lord. This is your house. You're the one that needs to take charge of it. I have failed miserably with it. Oh, by the way, most of the time when God speaks to us, the greater percentage, and I'm going to be kind here, the greater percentage of the time we won't do what he asks us to do. Now, why would you have to say it like that, Pastor? Because it's, this is good. This gives you hope. That's not a bad thing. It sounds like a bad thing, don't it? My God spoke to me and I disobeyed him. I know God spoke to you and I saw you disobey him. <laughs> uh, now, when you have the kind of relationship that's healthy, you're holding one another accountable, you can have real talk with one another. But every time I've messed up, what did that do to me? It may help me realize my insignificance. It, rec it helped me recognize my need of God. It, it, it helped me get a little bit more delivered of pride, and it made more room for humility. Is this helping somebody? So majority of us in this room have disobeyed most everything God's told us. Not for evil, but for ah, which is God. You get sick and tired long enough, you'll be sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you'll make a decision. I've tried that before. It don't do nothing but cause trouble in my life. You know what? I'm going to try Jesus this time. I can't figure him out. I don't understand a word he says to me. But I get this feeling like he's going to keep me. And Everything's going to get good, and I'm going to have multiple testimonies that I can't explain, and they're just going to keep coming, and they're going to overtake me. I know the temptation is to try to figure God out, but ladies and gentlemen, to receive the promise of the Father, he needs to be the head, and we need to be the body. We need to remember that being a member of the body and letting him be in charge is life. And we go about what God has empowered us in our identity as members of his body. We go about doing what we're called and we stay in our lane and we love on the people God puts in our path. We don't go try to save the world. World peace. No. We let the peace of God come through us. Amen. In the lane God has already ordained for us to walk and we give that away to those in the path that he's called us to walk in. And that's how we walk into the fields that are white unto harvest, in the Spirit. And so for me to talk about the promise of God, it's imperative that we catch this today. Amen. Our value of God is top tier. I cannot value you on the level God intends for me to value you, Dan, until I first get a revelation of how valuable he is to me. And when I let God come to me in a way, amen, that all of a sudden I'm wowed by his presence, 
That same experience, the promise of God, will get a hold of me in such a way, regardless of your flaw, regardless of what you're saying. This is so important because, man, we say some pretty stupid stuff. But we got all kinds of books to verify that we've got the facts. We don't, I feel right now, I know this is like, okay, pastor, you've got me cornered. But that's not the point. I'm not trying to corner nobody. The whole point is to let you know that daddy wants you to come jump up in his lap and he wants to affirm you and validate you and let you know that all the stuff that's happened in your life is not for evil, it's for good. Amen. And I've, I've thought thoughts that I regret. I've said things I regret. I've did things I regret. There's a whole lot of things that the enemy has taken all that stuff that we're talking about, and he gets us to take ownership of that. You don't own any folly in your life. No, you don't. That belongs to the devil. Remember, you, can't, you cannot take credit for being good. There's nothing that you can ever say, look what I did. Everything that good belongs to God. No one has done good but God. And so if I, take, if I can't take credit for what's good, why in the world did I buy into the lie that I'm going to take credit for what's bad? Here I am. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Whether I let him in or not, I'm still his temple. He bought me. He paid the price. He died my death. And he's waiting on me to finally say, yes, Lord. Does everybody agree with this? That regardless if I do, and I will go out and hang out with the devil and do all kind of stupid stuff, we can all raise our hand on. Didn't, didn't, didn't know we were doing it, and finally we found out we were doing it. And we come back over and said, okay, Lord. Man, it didn't work out good for me. I stink like a pig, pig's pen right now. He don't, he's not bothered by that. It don't belong to you. He's working out the miracle of relationship between you and him. Everything's happened in your life up to this point so that you can experience him on a level you couldn't prior. All that stuff in your life that's not fair, that's un, uh, unreasonable, all was there for one objective. I'm going to get you. I'm chasing you down. He's throwing up signals and signs and giving you words and prophecy and all that stuff, and you just keep going and doing stupid. And going to the church, going to church at the same time and saying, preacher, preacher, but at the same time, you're miserable, you're full of anger, you're frustrated, you're sick, all kinds of stuff, evidence that you're hosting lies that has all that in your life. And God's saying, okay, sooner or later, you're going to cry out, help! And he's appointed a miraculous divine experience for all flesh that without it, you can't get over the anger, you can't get over the lust, you can't get over the pride, you can't get over the frustration, you can't get over the guilt and the shame. You cannot get over none of it until you let him in. Write a million-dollar check to the orphanage. It ain't going to save you. Feed the hungry every weekend. It's not going to save you. Should we do that? Yes. But we're led by the Spirit to do that. 
We don't justify our goodness and our identity based on things we do that equal God. Everything that makes us valid comes from his righteousness. The thing that he did on our behalf 2,000 years ago, it's already been paid for. He's just wanting us to choose him. And when you choose him, you choose the promise, the experience that empowers you to be his witness. Ladies and gentlemen, God knows that you cannot be a good witness to anybody in this world apart from him. The idea that you're going to be a witness for Christ and him not be Lord in his house is a big lie that the enemy is selling our religious world today. By, by the way, we talked about this morning in my house. This is what the Lord's been showing us. Been talking to everyone in this room. God didn't call you to be John Doe's witness or Jane Doe's witness. He called you to be his witness. Who was God's witness in the garden? Adam. Did the serpent need a witness? Yeah. So he went and stole God's witness and manipulated and deceived Adam into becoming his witness. God don't have a witness in the garden now. And so God chases after Adam because he don't quit easy. I started something in that boy, and I'm going to get this thing finished. Right? And so he writes into his law out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And we'll take that to a court of law, and it works pretty good, but that's not what he's talking about. When God speaks, he needs a witness. We got to catch this. Every word be established. That's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. That's the very voice of God. God says out of the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. It brings it over into the New Testament. And Paul challenges the church with it. God is looking for his witness. What did he say in Acts chapter 2? I want you to, be, I want you to hang out in Jerusalem until you be endowed with the promise, which is power, so that you can do what? Be my witness. God is looking for an amen, a yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. <sighs> I don't know why the Lord's saying this. And then you say, this is what he just spoke to me. You don't have a clue what he means by it, but you obey him and you go with it. God has a witness now. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is on point today. Because, man, the enemy convinced you that you needed to be a witness to those around you. And he got you working hard to make everybody believe you was a good person. We've all done it. We've all been suckered by it. We bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And the next thing you know, we turn into Martha. Look, 
God's in the house. God in flesh is in the house. You got one that's connected and you got one that's disconnected. Let's make the topic the topic today. You got Mary, Martha, and Jesus. There's more in the house and they're all watching. And you've got one that's connected and one that's disconnected. The one that's disconnected looks like she's connected because she's working hard. She is encumbered about many things. She's trying to get supper on the table. She's trying to get the dishes washed. She's trying to get everything set up to where it'll be accommodating for her guests because she's good at hosting. She just ain't hosting the right spirit right now. And she decides, I'm going to have a prayer meeting right in the middle of Jesus talking. She interrupts Jesus with her prayer meeting. And she lets Jesus know, hey, yeah, Martha, hey, Mary, my sister, I'm telling on her right now. And he goes, she goes to letting Jesus know, here I am working all this, doing all this good stuff, and I'm trying my best to, to serve everybody in the house and you, Jesus, and she ain't have to get her up and have her come help me. Anybody ever had a prayer meeting like that? We, we mentioned this last week. But the reality of it is, Jesus says to Martha twice, Martha, Martha, you are busy and cumbered about many things. But the thing that Mary has chosen, chosen, I will not take that from her. What did she choose? She chose to hear the voice of God. This is good for some of us here today. So important that we catch this. Because if we'll choose him first and we'll make him our source, then the lies that we're hosting that get us busy and encumbered about so many things will be dispelled. But you first got to choose him. That's why I encourage you as guests today that are here. The presence of God that you feel is because he's in love with you. When you take a moment to open up your spirit and feel after him, ah, he says, I'm not far from anyone who feel after me. And the moment you begin to feel, he comes subtly, not not abrasively, not forcefully, but it's like a dove. He's lighting on anyone, and that means that everybody in this world qualifies, that chooses to feel after him. And they forego the logic and the intelligence they've been feeding off of with all the information. And they say, oh, all this information I got says I'm going to be I'm going to look stupid in front of other people. Well, who told you that? That the voice of hell knows how to convince you that we've got to be reverent. Let me, let me go back to the Word of God and find out what reverence looks like from heaven's lens. It's not a form of godliness with no power. But if you want to reverence Jesus, then you will shout with the voice of triumph. You want to reverence Jesus? You will dance before the Lord. You want to reverence Jesus? Come on. He bottles up every tear that any one of us cries.
And when we get to a place where we're broken before heaven, and it doesn't really matter what anybody, especially all the voices, whatever feels good, amen, in the spirit, all of a sudden you release yourself, and now you're his child in his playground, and you're playing in his spirit, praising him, acknowledging him. I'm just telling you, kids, Amen. When you go look at a playground, and I know our world's perverted right now, and it's messed up, and the enemy's taken something so beautiful and, and, and made it something that is... When you watch kids play in a playground, it should convict you as a child of God because children bring perfect praise. Children reveal the kingdom of God. And they can mingle with one another. They may have little issues here and there, but they work through it. Next thing you know, they're best friends again. And they might fuss a little bit, and then they're best friends again. And they just, they just keep working through the playground scenario. <sighs> God's asking us to come to him as little children, forego all this other stuff we've gathered into our hearts that's not of the kingdom, and let peace come and joy come on a new level. Look, I, I, I've uh, heard from heaven several times, and, and um, I've been disobedient several times. But I've also been obedient a few times because God would give me this, oh, from heaven, oh. And it was a word for a family or two families. And, and, and you know, and I, when I get those things, and I've gotten them pretty regular. And I, I got to get rid of it. I got to give it away. I got to make sure it gets to a place it belongs. But I've come to realize over the years that, Lord, I'm going to go tell them, but probably they're not going to do what, you, what you're telling them they need to do. And the Lord's comforted me. He said, that's part of the plan, son. It's part of the process. I remember telling a husband one time, a father, powerful home, but for, for reasons that, you know, the culture gets into the church, don't it? It gets into our homes. It gets into our life. Mom and dad are now working, and there's children at home, and they're not being taken care of because mom and dad are out of the house. And the Lord told me to challenge this man on making sure he gets his house in order. Not for evil, but it was the mercy of God to come let him know. And, and, and quickly... Precious man, love him to death, but there was so much intelligence about what's going on in our world. And, and Pastor, I got this, man, it's all good. We're, we're going to be fine. And the Lord prompted me to say, let him know, no, you're not going to be fine. I'm letting you know the Lord is encouraging me to encourage you to take care of things in the house and make sure the family is secure. But it didn't happen. And trouble came. And that bothered me because, man, I was kind of like, God, I don't like seeing this stuff. I don't like seeing this happen. But all of us understand the process has to be played out until we get to a place of humility. And today I can tell you it all had to work out the way it worked out for humility to get in play. And for them to get, I know that I know that I know now. Can't explain why I know it, but I know it. And you can't take it from me. I got it. And I can give something away. I can help somebody. Here I am, 
knocking on 60. Amen. As, as Sterling Pilot told me, he said, son, I got one foot on a banana and one foot in the grave, but I can finally help somebody. I'll never forget. And he's 74 years old when he told me that. The next 10 years, he tripled what he had done because of experience, connection. Yes, Lord. <sighs> got the scars. Got all the pain. But I got something that's greater than that. I'm connected. I chose to be connected. I didn't get to read to you these passages, but I'm going to read that in closing right now. In Acts 1 and 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. So he's letting them know, I want you to hang out in Jerusalem. Don't you deviate. You hang out there till you, till you be given this promise. In verse 1 of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Anybody can explain that? No. But it's God. And it really don't matter. When you get to a place of humility, it really don't matter. When you get to this place where I need Jesus, <laughs> Logic falls away. Verse 12. So they were all amazed. The people that saw it happening, that hadn't been filled yet, they're just, oh my goodness, what's going on here? They were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to the other, what could this mean? Others mocking. Now these are the Jews of Judea. They, were, they said they are full of new wine. They're drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men and Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And the, it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, and we're living in the same time period right now, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the language Paul used in Romans 10. What's he referring to? Anyone that calls on Jesus shall be filled with the spirit of promise. They're going to be endowed with power from on high. Their life is going to be changed by way of experience. Amen? And so, I challenge you here today. In the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the promise. And everyone in this room is here today because the Holy Spirit drew you here. And he's challenging all of us to know that wherever you are in your relationship with God, you haven't reached the epitome of experience with God yet. The key to you stepping into the identity that God's designed for you to walk in comes by way of experience. 
Your identity is revealed by way of him being in charge in your life. And it's fulfilling. It's life-changing. And it's one layer of experience to the next. From one glory to the next. <sighs> Y'all, I've experienced some wonderful things in Jesus. And you know what? It's taking those experiences for me to be where I'm at today. And I know he's wanting to take me other places. But for me to get where he's wanting me to go with him, I need new experiences in him. That's breathtaking. That's mind-boggling. I can't explain it. And I, Paul said he encouraged himself. How did he do it? Praying in the Spirit. That alone, here is Paul writing the letters. The dude had an IQ, but he made it clear to everybody, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come here to sway you as an orator. I come to you in humility and the power of the Spirit. There's some places in God that he's already set up and ordained in your path. For you to achieve that is going to take the promise. It's going to take it. And then when you receive the promise, it's going to take it, you receiving it again and again and again. And it's not a one-time thing. It's stirring up the gift within you. It's encouraging yourself, praying in the Spirit that peace comes and joy comes and a knowing comes you, but you, 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 you walk that straight and narrow path not apart from him apart from him you'll get on the wrong path it's broad and wide and many therein that go up that way you want to stay in the straight gate that only a few be that are fine receive the promise and as the Lord imparts his directives and you hear his voice which is not a screaming voice that brings guilt and condemnation. It's a whisper that brings hope in life. And in the midst of all the chaos going on in our world right now, you can hear that whisper. Everyone in this room can hear it. But you've got to push back the screaming that causes you to feel less than important, less than valued, less than God's chosen. He chose you. You're breathing today because of the mercies of God. He's after you. And that whisper is in this room right now. <laughs> I tell you what, when you let him whisper, you'll scream. When you let him whisper, you will shout. When you let his whisper come out of your belly shall flow rivers of living. When you let him whisper, you will step into your identity. And you won't be guessing. The, prop, the person you have a problem with, you'll fall in love with them. The one you want to slap right now, you can't get, them, get there fast enough to give them double hugs when you let him whisper. I know this, y'all, and several of you know this. But if you don't know this today, he's warning you to know he's ready to know you. 
And when you let him know you, which is intimately, when he gets through loving on you, you're going to know him on a level you've never known him before. And nobody can take that from you. Does anybody want to get something from heaven today that the enemy can't steal, kill, and destroy? It's here. Amen. Our value of God is top tier if we're going to value others. Now, if I love God, I'm going to be connected because I love Him. And when I'm connected to you, this is what I'm closing with. Y'all can catch this. When I'm connected to you, where two or three gather in his name, he's, he's there. And what comes with that? His mind. Anybody want the mind of Christ? Don't run from your brother and sister. Because when you're running from your brother and sister, you're running from him. This foot needs this hand working. And this hand needs this foot working. Because we've got an objective in serving one another that serves the head, Christ. <sighs> when I'm loving on you, it's because I've got his mind. When I want to give you two bits and knock you out, I've got another mind. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever had that mind before? More than I want to talk about. It's never Christ. When you look down on anyone in a derogatory manner, it's never him. And to do that, you have to reject him. Don't matter how much you say you believe in him, you just rejected him. What do we do about it? Yes, Lord, here I am. Where's the spout? I want to get under it. Wash it out of me. Cleanse me. Change me, Lord. Give me a new heart. Anybody want that today? Can we stand? Father, thank you for your word today that's forever settled. You have spoken to us. You're challenging us to know that the promise is not just for a select few, it's for all flesh. The promise of empowerment and becoming your witness is a call from heaven to anyone and whosoever will. You're whispering, come follow me and I will make you. You're speaking it. In such a way, it comes in waves right now. Does anybody feel the presence of God in this room? You are that powerful. You can feel after him, and he'll come even more mightily. Two or three of you start feeling after him on a while, and he'll come in waves right now. That's how powerful you are. Can we do that right now? Forget about the world around us for a moment so that we can impact the world around us after we let God come like he wants to come. Be filled with the Spirit right now. Be filled with the Spirit. We're here to pray for you. Guests, thank you for being here today. If you need to leave, you're dismissed. But for you that want more of heaven, let the Lord find you right now where you are.